Welcome back to Orange You Glad. We watch the OC where nobody expects the yoga lotties. <laughs> this is a podcast where we recap episode by sometimes painful episode the seminal television program of the early 2000s, the OC. I'm Sarah, and once again, this is Evan. And the premise is uh, my pronouns are Annie All. Uh, the premise is I've never seen this show before. So Sarah, my lovely spouse is walking me through it. Damn it. Episode by episode. What's wrong? Damn I it. forgot that I was going to have a perfect it's, intro. Yeah. No, it's all good. We're getting there. It was all on top of the dome. I, off I, of I, the I top promise of the dome. no one gives a single shit. <laughs> the far fives of listeners do not care. Before we get into what happens to the people and the places in this episode we have some breaking news evan can i get a breaking news perfect thank you adam brody circa 2022 is hot so context Context is important. <laughs> oh, so Steve, Sarah read a book a while ago called Fleischman is in trouble. Fleischman is in trouble. Um, and they have made it into a television series, uh, starring Winkley. Smitty. What's his name? Don't know. Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. I got there. Winkley Smitty. Um, Adapted from the novel by Taffy Brodesser Ackner. Starring Jesse Eisenberg. Damn it. Seth Cohen. Chair wheels are fucking. Son of a bitch. We got you this chair because you were going to make less noise, not more noise. Even noisier because I'm going to keep running into everything. The novel is by Taffy Brodus-Arachner. Look, my mic stand is one of those um, gorilla leg tripods, uh-huh. the kind that you can like wrap around a tree stump, uh-huh. and it doesn't do a good job. And I'm 6'2", and it's too short, and I'm hurting my ribs with my terrible posture. So I'm going to eventually get a real mic stand, and it's going to be great. And the quality of this whole fucking dog and pony show will be just <laughs> off the fucking chain out of the ballpark is. So we're watching this fucking show and uh, Jesse Eisenberg is having coffee with his friends and Sarah pauses it and goes, holy shit, that's Seth Cohen. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And we watch it and sure as fucking shit. It was Seth Cohen. It's goddamn Seth fucking Cohen. And that dude is fucking hot now. He's hot as shit now. Yeah. What did you say? He grew into his torso. Turns out he grew into his torso. <laughs> I've heard of kids like growing into their nose or growing into their ears. But like fucking <laughs> his torso just had to sort of settle in. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe like his, I don't know, his, the rest of his upper body had to like 
proportion out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the physics of this are, but yeah, he's super hot now, and he literally plays the hot friend. Like, yep. there's Jesse Eisenberg who plays the sort of nebbish uh, to whom everything is happening in the storyline. Because everything has to be happening to everything's got to be happening to kind of a nebbishy Jesse Eisenberg. Um, yeah, Jesse Eisenberg type. Um, yep, and fucking Seth goddamn Cohen is the literal fucking hot friend, and we spent the rest of the fucking episode just like, God damn it, it's fucking Seth Cohen. And he's hot as shit. But also, you were right, like, his acting style is exactly the same. <laughs> it hasn't changed a lick. He is still very much just Seth Cohen, but in a new hot body. I think he was in the only other thing that I can go. think of that he acted in in the past decade was that promising young woman. He was one of the uh, male suitor character guys, but I cannot tell you anything else that he's been in. So as far as I'm concerned, Taffy bro, I can't. I, know her name i can't remember the pronunciation taffy Ackner. taffeta taffeta acne oh my god apologies it's a really good book everyone should read it <laughs> fleischman is in trouble um i'm think she probably just wrote the character for adam brody and was like come out of retirement adam brody adam brody <laughs> and he did <sighs> so so that concludes breaking news unless you have anything else to add no i think that's about it yeah 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 ta-da um orange you glad we watched the oc uh is very much in favor of any group of workers uh who want to strike against their place of work for better conditions i am this is just, I, we're in the news segment now, okay? I'm introducing a news segment. So okay. I'm just saying we stand in solidarity with all workers who would strike against their workplace for better uh, better conditions. Uh, and I'm massively disappointed in everybody that signed legislation to stop the rail workers uh, from striking to get goddamn paid sick leave. So there, I've said it. This podcast uh, is uh, taking a drastic swing uh, to the left. So fuck anybody who says otherwise and unfollows us. <laughs> I don't give a shit about it. Because we don't, well, our, what? We're going to lose what? A single one of our 40? Oh, we're going to lose 25% of all of our listeners. Because <laughs> one guy is going to be like, I'm sick of this. Ah, Christmas. <laughs> Okay, now we can get into it. This podcast is also pro-DILFs. <laughs> okay. We're taking the hardline stances, everybody. We're yes. pro-labor and pro-DILF. Okay, this is episode 12 of season one entitled The Secret. The Secret. So, we open on Seth Risky Businessing. Okay. Down the hallway. So, this fucking episode this fucking episode we start we open up the episode in an episode of veronica mars uh veronica mars is a plucky kid detective in neptune fucking california, california. Um, we've already talked about the potential for crossover between the series which never happened but we are fully in a goddamn fucking episode of fucking veronica mars because 
A recurring song in this episode is... We used to be friends by the Dandy Warhols. Seth is dancing about... In his the extremely long bathrobe. Long bathrobe, long uh, the, the, the boxer shorts. Yep. And then he walks through the doorway and is like, Dad, I'm sick. And he walks into the, he walks into the kitchen at exactly the time of the song where the credits would have ended at Veronica Mars, the like kind of guitar part that's like... Is it non-diegetic music? It's like... See, but now this is the strangest thing. It's non-diegetic music, but he is dancing to the beat. Yeah. So it's a little confusing. It's a little confusing. I think what we're meant to believe here is Seth is the auteur of his own existence. Mm -hmm. He is an insert character. Is that right? Is that something we've ever touched on? We have not. That we called him Seth Insert for a little while? Yes. Yes. But we've never actually touched on why we call him that. Well, Seth Insert, because the creator of the television show, Josh Schwartz, has said in interviews that Seth is basically him. Is that why he gave him two girlfriends last episode? Yes. He was like, and then all the girls wanted Seth Cohen. And then they also loved me. And then everyone applauded because Seth was the hero of the story. Me, Josh Schwartz. I mean, Seth Cohen. I mean, Seth Cohen. Yeah. But he's also like, do we want to call him a Mary Sue? No, no, because he's not a liked character, and Mary Sue's are generally like. I think he's supposed. I think everybody else likes him. I just think that we don't. Seth Cohen? Yeah. You think other characters in the show like Seth Cohen? I think we, Cohen. as the viewer. I think his parents would disagree. <laughs> I think we, as the viewer, are supposed to find his antics charming. Really? Yeah. Fail. Yeah. Hard fail. Yep. F's in the chat. L. <laughs> L on your L, L on your with f- your thumb and your finger <laughs> on your forehead. <laughs> okay. So okay. Yeah, he's not a Mary Sue, but he's an insert. Ryan says to him, maybe you have the summer flu. Maybe you need some antibiotics. <laughs> and Sandy is completely... Um, Sandy knows that he's not sick, but he doesn't understand what's going on, and he's missing these references. These delicious references may being made by Ryan. Um, he's like, well, we need to take you to the emergency room right away. And Seth's like, maybe not. Maybe I just stay home and just sleep it off. Uh-huh. And finally, Ryan's like, or maybe the fuck you just talk to the girls and goddamn apologize, you piece of shit. <laughs> and Sandy's like, I get it now. Yeah. And he like rubs Ryan's shoulders and is like, you're the better son I wish I would have had. (laughs) So then uh, Kirsten walks in, right? But before that, we should mention the excellent eye acting on Ryan Atwood's part, on uh, Ben McKenzie's part, because not only does he flick his eyes romantically, he flicks his eyes derisively. Important quality to have in your main character. What's the portmanteau of derisively <laughs> and romantically? Uh, Romant, ro, no, diurantically, diuri- diurnally. <laughs> jump into our, jump into our uh, 
Make a comment on our MySpace page. At, uh... <laughs> Hit us up on Friendster. <laughs> Jump into our LinkedIn profile <laughs> at orangeu1.theoc.net. So because this show never met a parallel, it doesn't love, Kirsten yep. comes yep. out and yep. is all, like... Also in her robe, and she's like, how come you're not dressed for school? My lesser of two sons. <laughs> and she's like, I am also sick. <laughs> I cannot go to yoga lattes. My hair is up in a messy bun. <laughs> I cannot go to yoga lattes. She does not want to go to yoga lattes because she was drunk at Thanksgiving and all of the bitches in the coven. <laughs> that is the Newport friend group of ladies know that she was drunk at Thanksgiving and apparently this is a big deal. If I'm making chewing noises, it's because I'm chewing. Continue. <laughs> I just wanted to let Mary know. That's why I'm making chewing noises. I'm sorry, Mary. It's it's between you and your chewing gun. <laughs> um, I don't remember how exactly we get to Kirsten saying, fine, fine, I'll go to Yoga Lotties. Is Yoga Lotties a thing? Hit us up in the DMs. Right. Jump jump onto our um our Mastodon channel. <laughs> Orange you one. None of these things exist. None, none of them. I'm do. sorry, everybody, I'm lying to you. Um, but she eventually <laughs> goes and uh, Sandy says yoga lattes about 12 times and I think that's how we close out this scene he just goes yoga lattes I do love except um, this is how it goes um, Kirsten's like you and Ryan are having a ball with this because for the first time ever you are the two that have not fucked up royally <laughs> and she's like but knowing your track record that will not be the case for long. And then Sandy goes, Yoga Lotties. And we go, ba da 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 Yes. In a vaudeville kind of way. It's a very vaudevillian. <laughs> okay. Now we're at school. And this is the catalyst for the main action in this episode, I do believe. Because Ryan... Wait, first... Marissa is hoping to work on the crusades for their big midterm project. Have we seen this teacher before? We have not. Okay. The We've seen a few of their teachers. I'm going to try and keep track of who's who to see if they have any consistency whatsoever. If they can just, or if it's just like whatever character actor they can find at the time. Yeah. To play whatever relevant teacher this is. So I'm assuming this is history. Yes. So for the whole semester, this teacher is going to split people up into pairs for their project. And Marissa is hoping to do the Crusades with Ryan. Because she loves the Crusades. But. Can't get enough of them. The teacher is going to make, he's going to assign these pairings by himself without consulting the students themselves. Which is... Boo. Dun, dun, dun. And... Shit. <laughs> I was going to say something. It'll come back to you. This is why everybody tunes in. Um, 
I'm just eating cookies, so I'm fine. Oh my god. I need you to stop eating cookies and contribute more. What? <laughs> no cookies. Fine. I know. Oh, oh, here's what I was going to say. The teacher does mention that this project is a third of their final grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, did you get projects like this dropped on you at the end of this? This is after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. They have like half a semester to go or some shit before they're out of school. You know, I'm having a really rough time remembering anything about high school. Like, in college, you would get the syllabus for the class, and that will sort of explain what the breakdown of your grades will be Mm -hmm. and sort of what your semester is going to look like. I don't remember that being a thing in high school, but also, I have ADHD, uh, and I've never been medicated, which probably means... There's a lot of high school, which is just... It's just not in my random access memory anymore. It's not in any of my accessible memory anymore. If you would like to put Adderall on our Amazon wish list. <laughs> just kidding. Amazon is the devil. <laughs> and we don't have an Amazon wish list. If you want to toss some Adderall into our uh, DMs on Twitter, <laughs> that's whatever the Adderall emoji is. I don't think that's going to unlock my repressed memories from high school, though. Probably sadly. not. So what we're getting at is Luke is paired with Ryan dun, 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 dun. for this project. And they're doing a project about the Spanish Inquisition, which nobody expects. Yeah. Yep. Correct. <laughs> fuck so yeah the audience is like oh shit this is gonna be our primary conflict because luke hates ryan we're not sure where ryan and luke are at at this point we know they're not friends Mm -hmm. but they're not mortal enemies i don't think but it's still probably hell of awkward yeah it's certainly going to be awkward no matter what so that is set up that framework is introduced we so jump. we jump to yogalatis correct nope we jump to jimmy and sandy we do we do because okay then is it yogalatis because at Not, some point yeah you just want to get to the yogalatis real bad but it doesn't come up for a little bit okay because i do know that what's her name saunters in and everyone's like oh look who decided to join us Yes. I could use some hair of the dog myself is an actual line. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we're going to to, to the boys. Mm-hmm. Jimmy and Sandy are having a conversation and Sandy's like, hey, guess what? Good news. If you can pay everybody back in one month, what was it? February? Yeah. the deadline? Yeah. You won't go to jail. What does he say? Full restitution. Full restitution. And Jimmy essentially knows that that means he has to sell his house. Which I'm sure is offered to everyone all the time (laughs) in this circumstance. You have embezzled millions of dollars from their clients. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Well, just forget the whole thing if you can give the millions of dollars back. So Jimmy's like, you know Julie's not ever going to let me fucking sell this house. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not a thing that's going to happen in reality. And Sandy, ever the optimist, is like, ah, come on, you know. Uh, <laughs> he's like, you yeah, haven't uh, warmed up your Sandy Cohen. Uh, don't worry about it, you know. <laughs> you. Yeah, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. Just give me time. Give me a sec to warm it up. 
I'm also constantly thrown by every time Julie mentions that she and Caitlin won't have a place to live. I'm like, don't you have another daughter? But that daughter has fully chosen. <laughs> it's like she only dad. mentions Caitlin. <laughs> oh, sorry, Kirsten. No, no, uh, Marissa. She doesn't. Oh, that's ever, right. No, she doesn't yeah. mention Marissa. Correct. That's right. Yes, because Marissa is only living with her dad now. Correct. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. There we are. Okay, so we got one more transition to get through before we get to your beloved yoga ladies. What is the next one? Summer's in a bathroom stall screaming about how yes. much of a bitch Seth is. Okay, so Marissa's looking at herself in the mirror and yeah. Summer's in the stall just having... She's just squeezing out oh my God. a hot, stinky dewy. Oh my God. But she's yelling at Marissa like, what the fuck? Well, okay, yeah, you you took notes. What is she's screaming about? Cohen, obviously. She's it's the substance of the screaming isn't really. It's just whatever everybody has to say about Cohen and what happened in the last episode. And she's like, "How could he do this to me?" So at one point, Marissa leaves. She Marissa, leaves on a line. She leaves on one line. What does she say? I don't think she actually says anything. I think she just kind of Irish goodbyes from the bathroom. Because <laughs> she can't stand the smell anymore? Probably. Which leads to Anna coming in and hearing the end of the diatribe. And things getting even more awkward. So Anna is flossing, which is fantastic of her, by the way. <laughs> like, I wish more high schoolers would floss. But, I wish I would have flossed in high school. But they're I mean, also clearly like in my adulthood. They're clearly setting her up to be the weirdo for flossing. Yeah, but which is weird because like dental health is super important. Uh-huh. Oh my god, an abscess nearly took the life of a good friend of mine. Please, everybody, floss, floss and brush. Floss your teeth and unionize. <laughs> yes, this this <laughs> this podcast is pro union and pro flossing. Absolutely. <laughs> And the damage the gingivitis can do to your gums can be reversed through diligent care. I'm here to say I I used to be measuring fives and sixes in my in my my measurements on my gums. Diligent flossing and dental hygiene brought those down to threes and fours, which are totally normal. Okay. So those are totally normal ranges of numbers. Anyway, please. Anyway. Floss and, br- and brush your teeth. And, fr- and f- br- brushing is more of a polishing motion. Oh, my God. Don't really do it too much because if you wear your gums away too much, those fuckers will not come back. Um, so, anyway, uh, th- this has been Orange You Glad We Watched the OC. This uh, California, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Anna is flossing. Anna is flossing. Summer comes out and is like, oh, ugh, it's you. And it's weird that you're flossing. And they kind of snipe at each other for a couple minutes. And then they start to form a tentative alliance because both of them agree that Seth is garbage. Yeah, like, okay, the line is really great, though, because uh, Summer's like, well... If you want him, he's yours. Bleh. And Anna's like, ugh, why would I want him? And Summer says something along the lines of, oh, you couldn't deign to be with somebody who would ever be attracted to me. Uh, And Anna's like, no, I wouldn't be with somebody who treats women like that. And it's like, oh, well, all right, then. It's a lovely moment of awareness. But Anna has always been sort of aware of this kind of thing, I think. Absolutely, she has. Yes. I'll tell you, root beer goes with chocolate chip cookies not well. (laughs) Not well. 
<laughs> Sorry to hear that. I made some decisions. Make sure you floss. Oh, I will. Yes. I will. Okay. But yeah, attentive alliance. Then, uh, do, do they leave the bathroom at this point? Yes. They do, yeah, because Seth is with Ryan, and they're getting into school, and Seth's like, meh, Seth Cohen. And Summer <laughs> leaves the bathroom, and Seth's like, oh, Summer, I want to talk to you. And then Anna also leaves. And Why Anna is and he Summer- a 1920 cigarette girl now? <laughs> So then the girls are together, and Seth is like, oh, no. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what a pickle I've gotten myself into now. The, you could say, you could say that Summer and Anya, Anya, Anna are unionizing. Oh, didn't we read an article about a whole union a little while ago? Yes, And it was did. great because it yes. was essentially like women, like college age women that went to the same parties and essentially if a single one of them felt uncomfortable, then all of them would leave. Yes. Which was fucking awesome. Yes. And all the horny boys would be like, but where are you all going? And they'd be like, uh, cause your creepy friend is creeping out my friend and then we all <laughs> leave. So fuck you. Okay. Now we're at yoga Lattes. Thank you. Okay. So we start with a weird pan up one of the mom's legs. Yep. Which is a weird fucking pan. It's no, it makes perfect sense for this episode. Um, Cause this is without giving too much away of what happens. This is the no homo episode. Oh, for sure. I yeah. guess. Yeah. In the context of that. Yes. So uh, Kirsten arrives at Yoga Lottie's. All the women are like, oh, look who decided to show up. We all thought you were going to be puking into the toilet all day because you kind of tied one on at Thanksgiving. Are you tanked already? (laughs) Right. Julie Cooper is there. um, And she's like, oh, it's you. Are you okay?" And Kirsten's like, you know, yeah. So you fucking told everybody I got a little drunk at Thanksgiving, huh? To which Julie has the rejoinder of relax. We're all friends here. And Kirsten says, if we're all friends, maybe you should start acting like one. And it's like, damn fucking straight. Yes. Uh Because all these bitches are catty as fuck. And that will come into play very heavily in this entire episode. Correct. And eventually, and we'll get there. Um, has the unexpected consequence of bringing Julie and Kirsten a little closer together, which is neat. And we'll get there. We'll talk about it. So now we're back. They got to work on the Spanish Inquisition. Ryan and Luke do. So Ryan shows up at Luke's house. Yes. First time he's ever been there. Is this where Luke is like, we could do a video card. This is great, actually. It's a great little scene because we get a glimpse into Luke's, what's his last name? Ward. We get a glimpse into the Ward household. So uh, Luke's mom uh, greets Ryan at the door. She's very friendly and welcoming, uh, which is a nice change of pace from other characters in Newport because in Ryan's own words from later in the episode, I'm still the kid from Chino who burnt down a house. Mm -hmm. So like, it's always nice to see adult characters treat Ryan uh, at least cordially. Yes. So, um, she comes in, uh, she has to break up a hilarious fight between Luke's two younger brothers, like the, uh, Rook and Book. I don't know. Rook and Book. <laughs> so Rook and Book are fighting. And one of them is wearing what looks like a Green Bay, a Green Bay Packers jersey. Just super funny. Shout out to the Green Bay Packers, I guess. I guess. 
sure. Yeah. Go back? Mm-hmm. Is it football season right now? It is. It is. What color is the Raiders? Oh. <laughs> Red. Black. Oh. Talk for a second. While Sarah look looks up. up the color of the Raiders, <laughs> the Packers colors are green and gold. Um, I dated somebody who lived in Green Bay. Uh, who lived on a Christmas tree farm, I'm not making that up, uh, in Green Bay. And I swear to God, whether it was Packers season or not, every single time I would go inside their house and the news was on, the news was about the Packers. There was not, to my recollection, a single day that I visited them on the Christmas tree farm that the news was not exclusively about the Packers. There could have been like a 54 car pileup and then, like, the nuclear football was being, you know, um, the sum of all fears into the president's personal bathroom. And Green Bay, Wisconsin would not give a single shit about it. Or it would hear the word nuclear football and be like, and about those Packers. Okay, so first of all, the Raiders are from Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Sports. They're from Las Vegas. Yes. What are their colors? Um, doesn't matter because I wasn't thinking of the right team. Um, there's the Rams, the Chargers, and the 49ers. Are they from? They're all from California. California. Okay. So the world will never know what nope. the through line was nope. to this aside. But Roop and Doop are fighting, <laughs> and their mom is like, "Boys, quit it. We have a guest." And uh, Luke, uh, does Luke come in or does Luke's dad come in? Luke comes in. Yeah, and dad he's like, comes in later. hey, we can uh, we can go upstairs. Um, I've, uh, I've got some materials already set up. And there's some extremely technical jargon, which is extremely specific to 2003, which is the funniest thing. It's really funny. They go into Luke's bedroom. He hops on his computer and he's like, all right, I've got this, this, and this. I've already pulled some books from the library. I've got these articles downloaded. We could, what does he say? We could make a a screen show. <laughs> we could make a screen show on my dad's power book. That is literally what he says. I'm assuming the words PowerPoint are trademarked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming and he's not allowed to actually say that. So he said, we can make a screen. But the gist of this thing is you can see it in Ryan's face is he's taken aback, but pleasantly so. I don't actually buy that because there is so much product placement in this series. But if PowerPoint didn't pony up the dough, then they're not going to give them free advertising. And the other thing is pretty like, you know, corporations can get really litigious if they don't specifically want their product associated with whatever your you know media is. Why wouldn't you want your product associated with wholesome high school presentations about the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> anyway, the gist of this interaction is is great to the viewing audience because we were feeling, all of us, everybody, even those in 2003, especially those in 2003, were feeling tense. Like, oh, Luke and Ryan, you know, their relationship hasn't necessarily always been smooth sailing. But Luke looks like he's super game to do a good job on this report. It's also interesting to me that they are not following the 
uh, path of the jock being completely uninterested in school. Yeah, right? That's also a breath of fresh air. Like, yeah, just because Luke is a popular jock, you know, it doesn't mean he's stupid. It doesn't mean he's disinterested. It doesn't mean he's going to throw all of the work on Ryan's lap. Like, he's super game to... And later in the episode, he says he'll finish the report himself. Like, like, they absolutely could have taken that path because it was a well-worn path. And what does television in 2003 love? Well-worn paths. Well-worn paths. Yeah. Right. I uh, I was at, uh, what, a, a path in, uh, a path di- diverted in, help me, I'm flailing. I'm flailing utterly. What's the, what's the, the poem? Two woods diversion, a snowy path, and... And I... Took the... I took the, I took the, I, I took the trope. <laughs> I took the one that every piece of media has beaten like a dead horse. It's but also, this show decided not to. It's also two roads diverged in a wood, not two woods There we go. Diverged. Two woods diverged. <laughs> two boners. Oh, God, no. No, oh, wait, two boners. Not a single boner diverting into two. Okay, good. Yes. That's a little better? Yeah. This Still. is the premium content you come to this <laughs> RSS feed for. Uh, Luke's dad comes into the scene and is like, sports, sports, sports. Ryan, would you like to come to right. a... What is he? He's a, hey, champs. He's a very manly guy. <laughs> yeah. Fucking the two boys, Brook and Luke, are like, or no, Smook and Book are like, hey, hey, dad. And he's like, hey, boys. He's a handsome American man. Yes. And uh, he's, oh, yeah. So he's like, ah, oh, so what's your presentation on? And uh, Ryan's like, Spanish Inquisition. And... Um, was like ah not not one of the prouder what does he say not one of the prouder moments from western civilization yes um but then he also says what does he say he says ryan i don't know if you're a iron maiden fan he invites them to tailgate at the usc notre dame game yeah the following weekend okay um ryan kind of looks at luke and like they're not a hundred percent friends yet yeah yeah but you know what i ship it I friendship it. I do. I friendship it. Aww. 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 It's like you said a couple of episodes ago, when we centered the action on these core four individuals, one of whom is still largely a caricature, Summer. Yeah. Uh, It's just not as interesting in opening up the world to other people is a direction that I enjoy seeing the show going. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, but that, 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 oh, um, the thing that Luke says that his dad has, had, has at his office is actually a quote, film scanner, end quote. Oh, okay, cool. What's a film scanner, Evan? You went to film school. (laughs) It's probably a... (laughs) Scanner. Maybe it could make transparencies. I don't know. <laughs> it's 2003. I was still in college. Oh, my God. You were in college at the time when you should have been using film scanners and knowing <laughs> what they are is a thing. <laughs> but you went to a state school, so. I sure did. Yeah. It was great. Tuition was very, very low. All right. So we jump back real quick. There's a scene between Jimmy and Julie where Jimmy is informing Julie that he has to sell the house. And Julie is like, but 
Yeah. My alopecia pony. Julie's like, fuck you. Nope. Not selling this house. Yep. She's like, what? You want to kick? You want to kick me and your daughter, Caitlin, out onto the fucking street? And he says something like, do you not want to see me go? You don't want to see me go to jail, right? And mm-hmm. Julie says, maybe you deserve to go to jail. And hangs up on him. Yes. Yeah. Because they're on the phone. Yes. Yeah. No yeah. one deserves to go to jail, Julie. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, prison doesn't work. No. But Jimmy's like, fuck. Because she would have to agree to sell, right? Because it's also her house. Yes. Yeah, okay. So this is when we end up at the car dealership for reasons. Um, I'm assuming it's something. Oh, they're going to get the film scanner. The film scanner, yeah, because they have all their notes. Right. They've got their notebooks and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they go to, yes, we failed to mention that. Ward, Mr. Ward, Luke's dad, uh, owns a series of car dealerships. Yes. Um, across the country, apparently. He's got some in other states that he actually has to travel to pretty regularly. Or does he? We'll find out. So they're there in the evening. Uh, there are some real fancy cars. And uh, Luke is like, oh, yeah, look at this one. There's a Mustang product placement. It's cool and orange colored. Yeah. And Luke sits in it and he's like, oh, yeah, sweet. You got to sit in this thing. And he's actually treating Ryan really nicely to such a degree that I was like, is he trying to like, is he going to try and frame him for car theft or something? Like, honestly, I'm like, I'm waiting because this scene feels like waiting for a shoe to drop scene. Mm -hmm. The way that it's shot, the way that it's lit, the way that it's, it's acted. And a shoe does drop, just not that shoe. Yeah, it's a different shoe than the audience is expecting to drop. So we are hanging out with the boys. They're in the car. Um, Mr. Ward doesn't seem to be anywhere. Um, Luke catches uh, his dad. He sees his dad through a bunch of different windows um, further into the... Oh, it's also worth mentioning, this is in the evening. Yeah. So the the car lot is absolutely closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, closed to public uh, usage. So Luke's like, oh, there's my dad. He's with his business partner, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the boys get out of the car. Um, Mr. Ward still does not know that they're there. The camera zooms in closely on Mr. Ward and his business associates' hands as they sort of hold hands and, like, sort of play with each other's fingers. His business associate is a man. Yes. It's worth mentioning that they are both men. Um, we We are cutting to Luke and Ryan sort of... Their eyes are starting to get a little confused. And then Mr. Ward and his business associate go in for the smooch and it is a passionate passionate smooch and we cut to luke and ryan who are reacting they are reacting the camera does like a kind of pull around past luke to ryan Mm -hmm. which can you talk a little more about that shot? Yeah, Ryan is more so re- Ryan is reacting less to what he is seeing and more to what Luke it Ryan is reacting to Luke's reaction to what they are both seeing. Mm-hmm. Which actually is a really it foreshadows Ryan's um reaction going forward in the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um because even though Ryan Atwood is a, you know, 
whatever. Ryan Atwood is one of the more <clears throat> is one of the more emotionally intelligent characters in the show, despite a lot of things about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so Luke sort of trips. Uh, and he, he bumps into one of the cars and it starts honking and the lights start going off and he drops his notebook and his dad. In the biz, we call that a car alarm. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Whoops. Sorry about that. Um, his dad whips around. He sees that the boys are just running out of the door and he's like, Luke, oh God. And the look at his face is like, yep, your whole life just shattered into a million pieces. Commercial break. How sensitively, sensitively do you think that this show is going to treat this topic, Evan? Well, okay. <laughs> so when we come, when the boys are, when the boys are running out, oh, before they, um, when does Luke say you, you can't tell anyone? Does he say that then, that night yeah. when they're running outside? Yes. And Ryan's like, I won't. Yeah. Um, this show has a complicated relationship with homosexuality. First of all, I also want to, like, seriously, we joke about bi erasure a lot. Mm-hmm. But this man has had two children. Three children. Three children. With this woman. With a woman. We could at least explore the possibility that he could be bi and closeted rather in his than- own admission he says in the show i love my wife yeah very much yeah i don't doubt that i don't think you s- i was about to say sire three children he's not a horse <laughs> the man is not a fucking horse i've sired three three gilding wait gildings what there's things happening in my brain right now it's not it doesn't make any sense you got too much sugar too fast again i did it's the cookie root beer combination uh-huh. i shouldn't have done it I've also started taking my SSRI in the morning. Uh, Shout out to Dr. Mary. So anyway, um, he does say yes. And this is, you make a perfect point that actually I was thinking about in a later uh, season or scene. Are you watching later seasons without me? No, of course fucking not. No, a later (laughs) scene of this episode. um, It came to mind that like, yeah, he could totally just be by like, you know, the infidelity is obviously the more important thing, I think, for his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it's the less important thing for Luke. Um, I don't agree with well, that. Well, no, you're right, actually. Yeah, because... Because what is the thing that goes around immediately in the gossip circles? Not he had an affair. Mm-hmm. He is gay. Oh, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like. The infidelity is the more important thing for his wife. Yeah. But the gay is probably the more thing, the more important thing for Luke. However, there is actually evidence in this episode that would contradict that reading. Um, here, we're going to bounce around just a little bit. Okay. Sorry, Steve. Suck it up and be a big boy. So <laughs> at one point, Luke and Marissa uh, and Ryan, uh, Ryan and Marissa are essentially consoling Luke. Uh, they go to his house to take him out. So that he doesn't, you know, um, they're just checking in to see, there's a wellness check essentially to see if he's okay. They get him out of the house to get him out of the stressful environment. They're having some brewskis at night at the baseball stadium. Um, and Luke is sort of, you know, pouring his heart out. And he's, the only things he really says are like all those business trips, you know, all those games he missed. All of like the things that he's really sort of lamenting and grieving over is not the fact that his dad could be bi slash gay. It's the fact that his dad was cheating. 
That's you a know? fair point. Yeah. Um, which is very interesting because, well, <laughs> so after the commercial break, <laughs> we're, we're in, uh, the we're in a sunny morning and all the kids are getting ready for school and they're walking on they're walking into the quad or whatever and luke passes seth and says what are you looking at queer what no before that marissa and ryan have the conversation about um yes 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 ryan is getting ready for school and marissa's like hi how was study night did everything go okay because she desperately wants to know a did they talk about her behind her back what did they talk about and also yeah did they kick the shit out of each other it doesn't look like it and she's very pleased that it looks like they didn't get into a fist fight instantly she's a little i think she kind of wants to be talked about and she's a little hurt that she is not talked about. Yeah. But she does not understand what the fuck actually happened. The important thing here is the transition from the commercial break. He's right. Uh, Luke says, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Next scene. He tells Marissa. Yeah. But she really has to get it out of him. Yeah. He's obviously uncomfortable. Something happened last night. Uh, she says, is everything okay? He's like, I can't tell you. And she's like, you can tell me. I'm not going to tell anyone. And he's like, I really can't tell anyone. And she's like, you can trust me. And he says, okay, he explains. Um, they thank God do not tell Seth because Seth would blather it to fucking everybody because Seth is the worst. <laughs> yes. Um, but yes. So then we transition into everyone's entering school. To our knowledge, the only people that know are Ryan, Marissa, and Luke. Uh, Luke says to, says to Seth, out of the way, queer. Yeah. He also, um, Ryan tries to approach Luke about the project and says, hey, we should talk about. Yeah. And Luke's like, we have nothing to talk about. Yes. Ryan's like the project and Luke's like, I'll finish it on my own. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. Okay. Go academician. The one time in this episode that I was laughing with Seth and not at Seth, I believe, was in response to when he calls, <laughs> Luke calls Seth queer, yeah. and he's like, oh, we're going back to our old material then? Yeah, he's like, well, it's a classic. Why stray far from, yeah, what yeah. works or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. So, okay. And then we're going to the library scene. And I'm introducing a new count. What is our new count? Our new count. This is the inaugural. What the fuck is Anna ever wearing count? (laughs) I do love. Okay. So we're in California, right? We're in Orange County, California, Newport Beach. If that's a real place or not, I don't know or care. What I do appreciate is so it we're past thanksgiving Mm -hmm. so we are in the season when things are supposed to be at least in a lot of other parts of the country chilly right and suddenly all of our characters are wearing sweaters they're not like they're not like super thick sweaters a lot of them are like you know little thin cardigans or whatever but i just love that i don't know if they're doing it because it was just fashionable at the time or if it's a nod to what season it technically is I don't know, but that's part of it. There's lots of layering happening. I will say, uh, ge- not geographically, uh, timely. What the fuck is the word? Temporally? Temporally. Seasonally? Seasonally. Annually? 
the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is currently in the month of November, and they take a girls' trip to San Diego, California, in November, and they're fully in caftans and bikinis. (laughs) And I know California is large, and I know global warming has happened since then, Uh but... Californians are babies about the cold is what I'm getting at. That's fair. So this is, it's not so much a count as a corner. <laughs> this is what the fuck, the, whatever what the, the fuck is Anna wearing what corner. What the fuck is Anna wearing corner? Because <laughs> Seth goes into the library to try to apologize to Anna and and Summer at the same Summer time. Summer hasn't come in yet. Summer has not come in yet. Yes. But he sits down at a table with Anna who is not happy to see him. And this is how I have described it. A fuzzy pink Kangol hat that appears to be made from a slaughtered pair of car mirror dice. <laughs> now, uh, worn at a, at a, co- uh, at a, a roguish cock. A, a jaunty... Cocked, cocked roguishly. A jaunty newsies angle. Yes, at a jaunty newsies angle. Yes. A, like a bowling shirt? With the collar? It's a huge collared button-down shirt. Like a disco fucking... This collar is gargantuan. It is a 70s... uh, What's his name? John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever collar. Ass-fucking collar. Yes. Yes. Under... A tweed blazer? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Under a black... A black sweater. Uh Uh-huh. Under a tweed blazer. Under a tweed blazer. On top of... Because then she stands up to get away from Seth when he's uh-huh. sething about. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you. Uh-huh. And she goes to, to get to another seat. So then we see she's wearing a, a short, I think it's tweed. Yeah. Or it might be tweed or it might also be um, a cor- a corduroy Okay, skirt on top of bright neon blue tights. Yes. And some kind of bright blue bracelet to kind of pull the whole thing together. It's incredible. The whole thing is fucking incredible. Yes. So uh, Anna's like, I don't want to talk to you. She goes and sits down. This has been the whatever the fuck is Anna wearing (laughs) corner. (laughs) Sorry, you do it. You say that this is the Ben. So I don't take it away from you. This is your baby. Say it. Oh, I'm concluding it. This is this has been the. What the fuck is Anna wearing corner? Yay. We should make a little song for it. Yes. Um, uh, and who should come in after Anna leaves Seth to sort of wallow in his misery, self-made, but... Summer. And she's like, well, I'll sit down here. She's like, oh, no. She asks, is anyone sitting here? And Anna says, someone is now, and it's you. And they actually start to kind of... It looks genuinely like they do actually start to sort of like one another. Again, we friendship it. I absolutely friendship it. Uh-huh. I love it. And Seth wants to die. <laughs> yeah, it's great. The self-imposed misery that Seth undergoes in this episode is just tasty. For we who are not Seth Cohen fans. It's nourishing to me. The first half of this episode is, as they say, giving us life. Yes, it's absolute nourishment for my mind, body, and soul. But we do not stay or linger in the land of Seth and Freud. (laughs) Because now we are back at Yogalati's. (laughs) Seth and Freud. 
That's the German word for when you specifically take misery in the fictional character no. of Seth Cohen. You, you, take, you take pleasure. You take pleasure in the misery me, of the fictional character. The character of Seth Cohen. Correct. Okay, yeah, sadly we have to move away from uh, his agony back to Yoga Lotties. Um, Kirsten and Julie are talking about selling the house. There are also, this is when uh, Kirsten learns that Julie and her dad have broken up. Yep. And Julie and Kirsten's dad, Caleb Nickel. Yes, one Caleb Nickel. The one Caleb Nickel. Caleb Daddy Nickel. There can only be one daddy. <laughs> Julie fully expects uh, Kirsten to get revenge and like spread the gossip about them breaking up and Julie having to sell the house as revenge for her talking about Kirsten drinking. But Kirsten is like, Kirsten's just like, what? She's just like, if there's anything I can do to help. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the part where they also shit talk? No, that's when they later, when they go to lunch and have beer because yep. no beer since rolling rock for the teens <laughs> has sponsored this show <laughs> they bitch about um that for, comes later yeah later yeah. that's the that's the next yoga lottie scene yes and the scene ends is this where we think that um the ladies start gossiping about mr <gasps> ward yes okay so yes 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 this, so kirsten and one of julie finish their thing and one of the other bitches of the coven comes up and is like you guys are never going to believe what i just heard because the other thing is um in both this scene and the scene where uh ryan is telling marissa that luke's dad is gay and cheating mm -hmm. they cut away before they actually say what the thing is yeah because yeah. in 2003 you cannot say gay in any other uh medium than derision on television yeah i'm just kidding you you're right not, you know yeah. what i i didn't even really consider that no i mean the part about the fact that you don't actually hear yeah. any of the characters describe what happened yeah or or yeah. So that kind of maybe is a point for your side saying we don't know what Luke is more upset about, mm -hmm. but also having a heartfelt conversation about someone's sexuality is not, that's too much sincerity for this show. For sure. Yeah. It's too much of a minefield also, I think, in 2003 for a bunch of, I assume, straight writers. Yeah, and also the television network that this originally aired on. Fox. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Fox. 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 Like. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I'm surprised that I feel like there was probably a negotiation. Okay, this character can be gay, but you have to let them say the word queer like three times. Right. That yeah. must have been the metric. <laughs> so anyway, some mom has figured out that Luke's dad. What did she say? She was like, "We have to, we have to get the uh, the gist that we know what's going to be discussed." So she's she was like, getting her. She says she was getting her a car service, and she says you can't tell anyone yeah oh my god she's like yeah none of you can tell anyone but you won't believe this yeah cut to jimmy and sandy again okay yes 
Uh, Sandy is trying to convince Jimmy to sell the house. Uh, Sandy points out that he could convince the SEC to start looking into Julie as a co-conspirator. So, like, this raised for me a few questions about ethics. Uh Uh-huh. And Sandy in particular. Uh Uh-huh. So, obviously, Sandy is legal representation for Jimmy at this point. Yes. Right? And to my knowledge, you know, legal representation does need to do everything that they can within their power and within the strictures of the law to aid their client, mm-hmm. right? However, having said that, it seems a little... I don't know how to put this. Sus, maybe? Okay. That Sandy is so willing and maybe even a little eager to implicate an innocent person in a crime that she had a no knowledge of and absolutely no culpability in. (laughs) You're making a face. What are are your thoughts? I think you're maybe galaxy braining this a little bit. I think that uh, uh, Jimmy Sandy is (laughs) genuinely trying to because, you know, people when they're on trial, they'll go through mock trials and mock uh, the, the they say this is what the opposition is going to say about you all of the time. Sure. I don't think he's saying anything other than the stuff that the government could pull. Pull? Pull? What is wrong with my mouth? Our mouths are not mouthing right now. No. Um, if they wanted to. I don't think this is a larger conspiracy. I'm not necessarily saying that it's a conspiracy. I'm just going with what the text said. And the text said out of An- Sandy's mouth... Um, you know, uh, I, well, he says something like, um, oh, I wish I had it. The, I wish I had it right in front of me because he does say we could implicate, um, Julie in, he essentially says she'll change her tune if she's implicated in the money stuff. Yeah. In the, well, malfeasance or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy says, Something like, you know, you know, could you do that or something like that? And that's when Sandy's like, I, you know, I know some people in the SEC or, you know, I could lean on the SEC or something like that. Like, it rubs me a little bit the wrong way that Sandy's like, ooh, let's implicate an innocent person in your crimes. That sounds great. That'll be a fun way for us to bully them into <laughs> selling the home they live in. Like, dude, that's a little shitty of him. I'm sorry. Like, no, I'm not defending Julie, but like, that's a little shitty. You're making a face like that's not a shitty thing. Here's a question for you, okay? Here's a legitimate question for you. Let's say I have committed some heinous crime that's not like murder, but like I could do jail time for it, right? And what if my lawyer was like, what if we lied and said Sarah also did it? <laughs> like, would that feel great to you? What'd you do? Oh my God, I <laughs> defrauded a whole bunch of millionaires. That would be cool. <laughs> See, I do love you. You're right or die. I appreciate that about you. <laughs> Do you think that I'm out of line here? You honestly don't see any moral 
gray area. I don't think we're supposed to be focusing on this part of the conversation. Because no, that's the is- other thing is it's very it's very cavalier about how they gloss over the fact that he's like, eh, what if we said she did it too? Like that's the show doesn't think much of it, but I'm like, um, that seems highly unethical. To me, it is they're demonstrating a level of understanding of the way the SEC and financial fraud works the same way they have a level of understanding about everything else in the series in Mm. that it was a bunch of people playing pin the tail (laughs) on the plot point. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it was words, 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 words. Now we get back to this emotional thing that we have to talk about. I want everyone to know that my, my lovely, lovely aunt sometimes listens to our podcast. And uh, every now and then she'll let us know what she thinks of an episode. And we when what was the episode with Ryan's brother? Uh, was that 10 or nine? That was the literal last episode. OK, we did. Um, was it? Yeah. OK. Uh, where people visit him in prison. Well, my aunt used to work in prison uh, and she was like, none of this is how prison works. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you for backing us up on our criticisms of those plot points. Turns out you cannot waltz into a federal prison <laughs> with, with a pie. pie. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Anyway. We so the, the meat of this conversation between Jimmy and Sandy is Jimmy tells Sandy that he kissed Kirsten. Yeah, what does he say? He says something along the lines of, thank you so much for being so, thank you so much for supporting me so well and for you know really having my back, especially uh, all things considered, you know, and he's like, I know that you heard, I know that you heard it from, from Kirsten, but I really want you to hear my side of the story too. And you can see Sandy's face is starting to be like, what? Wait, what are we talking about? His eyes get so squinty. Yes, they really do. Um, yeah, and Jimmy's like, I know you heard it from Kirsten, but I want to tell you my side of the story. It was completely my fault. I was really at a very low point. She was helping me, you know, get my life back on track. And I kissed her and I apologized immediately and the whole time you can tell Sandy's like, this is news to me. And we knew this was going to happen in this episode because it was brought up on the previously on. on the previously on. Mm-hmm. And the writers of this show, they love a title that applies to both kid world and adult world. There's, it's guaranteed to have plot points that mirror each other in kid world and adult world. So you knew for a fact, yeah, it was going to be at least two secrets when we were talking about the secret. They're so clever. They think they're very clever. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So we're back at school. The news is beginning to spread. Really quick before we leave, before we leave Jimmy and Sandy really, really fast. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to say that uh, Sandy does explain that this is news to him. You know, Jimmy's like, Jimmy immediately flies into Kirsten's defense because he's like, she just she just didn't want to hurt you. And he's like, like, I'm like, I'm literally doing right now. So he's abashed and apologetic immediately. But yeah, we as the audience know that this is going to come back, obviously, later in this episode. But yes, 
we don't hate Jimmy for it because he seems like a forthright guy who's trying to do better. Just has really bad hair. <laughs> and weak eyebrows. And weak eyebrows. But you know, you, whose eyebrows can hold a candle to the glorious caterpillars the mounted one Sandrew Anthony Cohen's <laughs> brow. Oh, and this scene actually also ends with Kirsten calling Sandy on his 2003 cell phone mm-hmm. to, uh, we assume, tell him what yep. she has learned at Yoga Lotties. But again, yep. they cut away from that actual dissemination of that information. Yes, they do. So. Yes, they do. Yep. Don't ask, don't tell, or whatever. I really, I didn't even clock it. That, yeah, you, we as the audience know what everyone's talking about, but you never actually hear any of them say it. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Yeah. And I, at the time, maybe I just thought that they didn't need to because we already knew. But it would have been really nice to hear how they would have described this in 2003 language. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Uh, Please continue. I don't know. I think if they did, we would have been angrier. That would have been fine. I mean, that's the whole point of this thing is, you know, to sort of see how the show ages, how the plot points age, how the characterizations age. To test the limits of your blood pressure. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. To make every doctor's appointment more interesting than the last. <laughs> so Doc, now- I got to up my dosage again. We're watching season two of the OC. <laughs> oh my God. Why are you Sandy Cohen? Because <laughs> I figure by the time we're have on you, season two, I will have fully become Sandy Cohen. You've just assimilated his personality. Exactly. I'll be wearing a, 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 a black wig. You can start dyeing your eyebrows. <laughs> With two small black wigs for my eyebrows. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. I'm this a public defender over here. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we're back at school. Surfing in Lake Michigan. So we're back at school. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, this the news is flying around mm. fastly and furiously. Yeah, oh my god, you can see every well, what does um two boys like are talking to each other? What do they say? I heard his favorite show is Dawson's Crack. Uh-huh. Ay, 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 ay. Yeah. Someone wrote that on a typewriter or, yes. a, or a word processor. Yes. Both of the, I can't remember the other show that was referenced, but they were both WB shows with gay puns, which I don't know if that was deliberate. Was Dawson's Creek like against them in the time slot? I don't fucking know. Um, Shit, I'm hitting my microphone. Sorry. Yes. So we're back at school. Yep. Everyone's talking. People are talking talking about people (laughs) they hear the whispers you won't believe it someone's gay yeah (laughs) which is how that song goes um i didn't even know it was a song reference i feel silly it's a bonnie Raitt song but anyway uh ryan assumes that marissa spilled the gay beans yep luke assumes ryan spilled the gay beans yes he says you're dead or i'm gonna kill you or something yes. like that right yes. so we assume there's going to be a punch out uh forthcoming yeah um so first luke assumes ryan uh and is like you're dead um 
It's one of those things where all Ryan had to say was, I didn't tell anyone, except instead he says, I'm sorry. And it's like, I really hate the lazy writing trope of characters having more than enough time to say the actually correct thing. Yeah. And not saying the correct thing, but whatever, it doesn't matter. So then Ryan has it out with Marissa because he assumes, again, in very bad faith, that she must have been the one that spilled the beans, uh, even though we know for a fact that she didn't. And he was like, who'd you tell? Summer. And she's like, I didn't tell anyone. And he's like, yada, yada, yada. That's what broads always say. And she's like, well, find your own way home. And we know from past episodes that Ryan has a history of putting trust in people and having that trust exploited and being let down. Yeah. So we see both sides of the argument here. Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, he doesn't know. No one. None of the kids, none of those three kids, at least know that the leak actually came from the adults. Mm hmm. So from all of their perspectives, all of their reactions are totally valid. Lou thinks it was Ryan. Ryan thinks it was Marissa because Luke thinks the only person that knew was Ryan. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Sorry. Um, then we're back at Sandy and Kirsten and they have yeah. the conversation about where it's a parallel of baby world trust and adult world trust mm-hmm. it's oh i didn't even catch that parallel but you're right it's one right after the other isn't yeah, it huh? yep these writers think they're very clever they're the clever little do they know i'm not picking up on it <laughs> <laughs> little do they know all their clever little writing tactics and and storytelling techniques are all totally lost on me <laughs> And that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Thank you. To shove it down your throat. Thank you, English degree. Come mm-hmm. through, English degree. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Sandy is pissed. Mm. And Sandy is sad. And I really don't like that all of the adult characters can also be sort of weirdly passive aggressive with each other. You know? Because he doesn't just come out and say it. He can't. Of course, he can't just come out and say it. He's got a. What does he say? Whatever. He's weirdly passive aggressive about it at first. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, she's like, oh, it's weird, you know, that that you know, secrets, blah blah. And he's like, yeah, sure wouldn't know anything about people who keep secrets <laughs> in their marriages, would I? Nope. Well, he also does bring up the very valid point that. Kirsten was making a huge song yeah. and dance about his potential relationship. Ra- Rachel ship. Ra- Rachel ship. <laughs> yes. And a very valid point at that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, what does she say? She says it meant nothing. And yeah. he says it meant something to me. And it also, it meant something to him. And it also clearly meant enough to Kirsten mm-hmm. for her to not talk about it. Yep. For. Yep. Yep. And it doesn't help that she says he told you. Like, <laughs> come on, Kristen. Yeah. Kirsten. Damn Kirsten. it. Sorry. It's all right. Sorry. So then we're at one of those family dinners. And for a second, do you think it's going to be a reprise of uh, there was that one where Sandy was like, how is everyone's day? No, Seth was like, how is everyone's day? And everyone's like, rrr, rrr. <laughs> yeah. But instead... Fucking Seth is just living because he's like, oh my God, did you guys hear? (gasps) Yeah, because Seth is the worst and everyone hates Seth. But he's just like, it's great. I really love it when bad things happen to Luke. Well, he makes a valid point 
for Seth that um, Luke was the one who called him queer a bunch of times and now his dad is queer. Yeah. But that's also, like, that's not how that works. Right. Seth? Yeah. No. No. Shut up, Seth. Shut up, Seth. Maybe just shut up, Seth. (laughs) Maybe just when you have a thought and you start thinking about maybe pushing that thought out into reality through the hole of your mouth, reconsider. I take it back. It's not a valid point. Say, oh, did you look at your notes? No, my, the, yeah, no, in discussing this point. (laughs) Notes what notes? (laughs) In discussing what I thought was Seth making a valid point, I have come to the conclusion that it is not valid. There's nothing valid about Seth. No. 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 I do hope he will become valid in 2022 when, when his, he's hot. When his torso decides to grow into itself or shrink into itself, or it, is it possible? Do you think that he had a surgical torso reduction? Unclear. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to see if he's ever shirtless in this show, and if there's a big scar that runs the whole the whole circumference of his body. Listeners, hit us up in the DMs. <laughs> Dorsal reduction surgery. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so now we're back at Yoga Lotties yes. the next day. Yes. And again. The, the coven is being so fucking catty. And they're just like one of the lines is I didn't know that men who were gay could have strong arms just like the worst no 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 no, no. It's, it wasn't even that no 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 it was the opposite of that they were like my husband doesn't have arms like that they're saying gay men are even like night they're essentially saying all gay men are handsomer than straight men that's <laughs> <laughs> great and right yeah one of them is like he never made a pass at me for years now I feel a little better they're just being the fucking worst. Just like the worst shit. And, and Julie, Julie yeah. is not participating. Correct. And neither, of course, is Kirsten. They're kind of leaning up against the lockers and going, uh Yes, it's all very high school yes. bullshit that these women are spewing. Which, really, I have kind of a my universal theory of existence is you never really get out of high school. With regards to this television show, I do think... That because the right here, I'll just I'll, I'll phrase it this way. The writers really don't write any of the characters differently. They don't write the adults as being more emotionally mature than the children. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that, like. No, I will say this. I will pat myself on the back and say I am a quintillion percent more emotionally together and more mature, you know, emotionally and socially and inwardly, whatever, therapeutically, however you want to phrase it, than I was in high school. Um, So I don't know if the writers are purposefully um, increasing the intelligence of the kids and decreasing the (laughs) intelligence of the adults to sort of a median level. What I'm really more getting at is you don't escape the social structures of high school. There is always in situations involving large amounts of people in communities, there's always going to be the mean girls and there's always going to be the gossip and there's always going to be the scandals that everybody Twitters about. 
I suppose. Twitter is not in the sense of writing things on Twitter. Just like goes. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully maybe one of these days, just colloquially, the term Twitter will regain that meaning. I don't know if it's going to be in our lifetimes, my guy. That's too bad. Yeah. It's too bad. Yeah. I guess language, language evolves over time much too slowly for that sort of thing. Yeah. So anyway, Kirsten and Julie are like, this is some bullshit. Oh, Kirsten says, I can't be here anymore. Because uh, the women are just being so awful. Uh, and Julie says, are you hungry? And Kirsten's like, what do you want? And Julie's like, fried food. And Kirsten's like, I'm buying. <laughs> and beer. Yes, this fried is... food and beer. And Can't. Kirsten says, first round's on me. Yes. And where do they go? The only restaurant in Newport Beach. The only one that has fried food and beer, baby. <laughs> the Lobster Teen Shack. And Donnie is still working there. <laughs> Donnie from episode whatever the fuck where he shoots a man. Look. He shot Luke in the fucking arm. Look. And there he is. I didn't pause it. I didn't force you to pause it, but there he fucking was. Look. Just sauntering around with his little apron and his little arms, just being Donnie. Fucking goddamn Tom. Just being around. It's hard to find labor. <laughs> the fucking restaurateur is like, hey, you shot a man? Eh, who hasn't shot a man? Especially in Newport, where everybody else is probably thinks they are too good to work at that restaurant. I suppose. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. I laughed myself into a fucking headache. It's the sons of <laughs> bankers and whatnot. Anyway, sorry. So they're at the lobster joint where Donnie still works. And this is when they're bitching about Caleb Nickel. Yes. They're having a heart to heart. Because they know him. They both, they're two women who know Caleb Nickel in One different ways. One of them, biblically. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yes, 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 yes. And it's a really great moment because... They both sort of come to the conclusion that Caleb is trying to replace Kirsten's mother. Mm -hmm. And there is no replacement for an individual person. Mm -mm. But... Kirsten is mature enough to understand that her dad needs a companion for the later years of his life. Yeah. The, his sunset golden, whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Julia's like, you're right. And then she takes this information <laughs> and runs with it. <laughs> and you know, whatever. You go, girl. It's like fine. She obviously rode that old, old dick and decided that it was okay enough that she would, you know, she would decided at least that it was fine enough that, you know, so long as he continued to um, contribute some sort of financial stability to her life, then, yes. you know, she could tolerate that old, old dick. That old spotty dick. You want... I'm not saying that I wouldn't... You know, whatever. I'm not saying <laughs> it's fine. I still, he probably has a really nice body. Okay. But old dick is old dick. There's just no two ways around it. It's fine. It's fine. Do you think his pubes are cut? Do uh, you think they're the same sort of silver, silver, like salt and pepper kind of 
color of his hair. It's my understanding that the pubes are kind of the first to really go do you on think, men. Do you think his pubes also sort of had that George Clooney cut like he has? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's your understanding that the pubes are the thing? My ear hair would have something to say about that. It's fucking shock white for some goddamn reason when the rest of my goddamn hair isn't yet. <sighs> I don't like this. This is Ben Orange. You glad to watch the OC. <laughs> this is now that we've gotten into ear hair discourse. This is where we're going to be completely canceled. We're we're the, none of the rest of the series is happening. <laughs> okay. Okay. They have a heart to heart about Caleb Nickel. Yeah, and it, it's great. And it comes back in a few scenes. It does. So, but now we're back in the library. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, we've actually had so uh, scattered here and there little breadcrumbs of what looks like potentially a burgeoning friendship between Anna and Summer. We have seen them making plans to study. We've seen them walking through the halls together. I think they had lunch together at one yeah. point. So it really looks like they're and very <laughs> united front against their oppressor. Yes, and Seth phrases it that way. He says something like, "They're, they're, you know, they're, they've formed a bond of their mutual hatred of me." And I'm like, "Yes, yes, you go, girls." Yes, but Anna and Summer are in the library together. They're both wearing purple. We don't know if they've coordinated their outfits or not. They're making plans specifically because uh, they've been studying together and preparing for a shared class. Summer has made flashcards. Yes. And they're going to go over to Anna's house after... What is her activity? What's her after-school activity? Lit mag. Lit mag. Okay. Yes. But Seth shows up with his wistful scoring... And his long torso. And his respectful eyes. So respectful. And the thing is, okay. So earlier in this very podcast episode, we discussed how Adam Brody is hot now. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, in this lighting with his big puppy dog eyes, Adam Brody is cute. Seth Cohen is the worst. (laughs) Adam Brody is cute. He's got hat in hand, little curly hair, and the writers put together enough, you know, decent quality words that he performs a pretty satisfactory apology. You don't think it's going to go there because at first he's like, I need to have an apology, which should clearly be two apologies. He backtracks because there are two individuals. Yeah. Who he has done wrong to. Correct. But does he apologize individually? Does he like... I don't remember. Well, he doesn't like take them aside and have individual private apologies. No, he apologizes to both of them together. But he does say, you know, I'm sorry to you and I'm sorry to you for yada, yada, yada. And it's a good apology. And you can you can see. But it's yeah, their eyes are basically like baby eyes. Yeah. And they're biting their lips and shit. It's really I'm not pleased. <laughs> but the actors did a great job. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? The direction to me seems like and your cold facade begins to melt. Yeah. As you can see that his intentions were pure. And he really does mean what he's saying. 
And he also has an absolute pickup artist line that's like, you can't blame me for wanting to be in the company of either of you. And yeah. they're like, they're both yep. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. They're both like, swoon. Yeah. <laughs> so the girl union is dissolved and they say like something like, I didn't like flashcards anyway. Yeah, and, and Anna's like, oh, I think Lit Mag is actually might be running long tonight. Uh, we should reschedule. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. You have a sense of solidarity for each other. Uh-huh. You've both been wronged by the same piece of shit. But no, they're immediately back to pursuing said piece of shit. <sighs> Sigh. And the beat goes on. Da 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 da. Do we go? Do we have a scene in between that and when the girls talk to him? No, no. He bolts from the library. Summer catches up with him and is like, what are you doing on Saturday, big boy? And he's like, oh, you really mean it? And she's like, yeah, I really liked your apology. (laughs) And then he's like, cool. And then Anna catches up with him and is like, what are you doing Saturday? Um, And he's like, well, and this is at least to his tiny, tiny credit. He says in in an effort to what does he say? In our new spirit of honesty. There you go. And transparency. Yeah. I have a date with Summer. And she goes, oh, what are you doing Friday? <laughs> and he's like, whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. Yep. Fucking Seth Cohen. <sighs> I just want these women to do better. I want them to do better. They should do better. They should have higher standards. It's bullshit. But it's fine. So Luke's not in history class in the next scene. He's conspicuously absent. So Ryan and Marissa decide to go to the ward's house to check on Luke. Yes. And this is the scene that we we talked about a little bit earlier. Yes. They go to check on him. Um, Luke apologizes to Ryan for being a dick because he finds out or has found out in the interim that it's just neighborhood adult lady gossip yep. that has spilled the gay beans. Yep. The beans of gay. Yep. Uh, Luke's dad is trying to talk with him, and Luke runs out the door, and the kids follow him, and this is where we go to the baseball field. Uh, it's night, the kids are talking, right? Luke is like, you know, all those games he missed, you know, all those times he was out of town. Luke is the only person in the scene who has a beer, by the way. Correct, yes. Because teen heartthrobs cannot smoke or have beers. No, correct. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So Luke is possibly getting intoxicated and being sad about his dad. And some kids from some 30-year-old teenagers. <laughs> from the other, from the opposing high school. It's important to note that Marissa excuses herself uh, to go get a coat. And it's at this time that um, Luke and Ryan are having a heart-to-heart. You know, Luke's like, it's all, you know, it's all fucked, man. You know, my dad never gave a shit about me, all those games he missed. And Ryan is like, well, you know, he did care because he made some of those games. And, you know, some people's dads didn't even know that they were playing sports or yep. what their fucking name was. Right. You know? So then, yes, some 40-year-old <laughs> high schoolers from the opposing <laughs> football team are like, hey, look at these married couple. We oh, heard man. you were a gay slur. <laughs> 
And then maybe the greatest <laughs> moment of growth for these two characters happens. Right, okay. Luke runs around the fence uh, and is like, what'd you call me? And he like smacks his chest into him. And then Ryan runs around and he smacks his chest to another guy and they're like... Bah, 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 bah. They're, yes, they're basically puppy dog yammering at each other. Big dog, little dog. Yep. And... Luke and Ryan exchange a look. It's a great look. Like a let's go girls <laughs> look. And this is also foreshadowed in the previously on. Yes. It is a tandem punch for the ages. They punch the two people in front of them at the same time. It is stereo punch town. It is great. And they knock them both out. <laughs> it was foreshadowed in the previously on. Um, when they remind the viewers that what is Ryan like about rich kids? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> but then, sadly... Unfortunately, the rest of the baseball team shows up. Yeah, and you can see, so they're, like, super pleased with themselves, and they're, yeah. like, smiling at each other that they both knocked these two guys out, like, in perfect fucking synchronized swimming unison. Uh-huh. But then, yeah, it's a short-lived sense of, of accomplishment because there's, like, 12 other guys that are walking towards them, and their faces are, like... They, they both essentially do a cartoon... Of, and then we don't see what happens we do not see the bulk of this fight I feel deprived of eight dudes beating up on (laughs) I do you will notice people who are paying attention to the scenes and the makeup will notice that Luke really took the brunt of everything. Yeah. So we are either led to believe that Luke doesn't fight very well or Ryan just ran. (laughs) Because Ryan has essentially no damage whatsoever. He's got like one little kind of burgeoning black eye and some like tastefully acquired dirt on his (laughs) wife beater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that comes later because we cut away from that scene to go back to the Cohen house. Are we in the breakfast nook? I can't remember. We're in the some, fucking somewhere in their house. Okay. I don't. Um, Julie knocks on the door to bring Kirsten an orange orchid. Orchid. Yes. yes. It is such a peculiar gift because orchids are so notoriously difficult to keep alive. I'm sure, again, nobody put any actual thought into the meaning behind this. They were just like, a flower. Right. Some PA was sent to go get yeah. a flower and they were like, I don't know. This one looks nice. Uh, Julie reveals that she relayed everything that they had said in the conversation about Caleb's immaturity and need to just have a side piece for his golden years to him. She said, don't worry. He doesn't know that it came from you, Uh Kirsten. He thinks that I came up with all of it. Uh Uh-huh. Which is a little, I think you see a flicker of like, why wasn't I the person who got to say all this to his face mm-hmm. on Kirsten? So it's good face acting. Really good face acting. Good job, actress. Despite the fact that everyone's haircut is terrible now, <laughs> I hate Kirsten's haircut. It's very bad. I hate it so much. <laughs> it simultaneously looks like a legitimately awful haircut and a really shitty wig. 
like, oh my God, it's such a bad haircut. It's, it's like she weirdly brought, feathered. It's like she brought a picture of the Rachel in. Do you remember the yeah, Rachel? Yeah. yeah, oh, I recall the Rachel, yeah. But then was like, do this badly and also give me bangs. <laughs> bangs, yes! Like, can you do this, but also give me shitty, shitty bangs <laughs> that are just the most awkward length and like weirdly thin and wispy. And then also I want the color to be about as inconsistent as color could possibly be. Yes. I want weird individual strands to be like blonde and I want other just weird inconsistent splotches of brown. They call that bile ush. It's bad. Yeah. I call it I call it um bile. Bile. Oh my god. Um yeah, rage. I, I get it. Is what I call it. Yep. Okay. That was very clever. It's terrible. And it's amazing that she can face act as well as she can underneath this terrible haircut. <laughs> but I digress. So Julie has worked whatever magic into getting Caleb to purchase her house. As an investment. As an investment. So she and the she and the kids can still live there. The and she says, did you write it down what the line was? No. She's like, and Kirsten, who knows? Maybe one day your, your new dad. next door neighbor will be your dad. Yeah. <laughs> and Kirsten's like, great. Yeah, Kirsten's like, fantastic. <laughs> and Jimmy doesn't go to jail. Yay. Yay. Everybody wins. So then we have the ask your mother who was at the door oh my god yes fucking fucking sandy this is why honestly like the writers do not differentiate between the high schoolers and the adults when they are writing these fucking characters they're interchangeable in their sophomoric um attitudes and actions i don't think this is an example of that i think hey ask your mother blank has been around forever Oh, yeah, but I'm saying they're not improving on anything. Were they ever improving? Yes, they improved on it. We just we just remarked on how they have improved on things. All right. Okay. fine. Good. Um, Hair raising hair is the Bugs Bunny cartoon that Sandy is watching while he is being a five year old to his wife. Good job. Thank you. Um, I don't know what the Bugs Bunny lobby paid <laughs> to be included in this. No, 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 no. They didn't pay shit. The the fucking the show had to pay them to use the license. Yeah. For unless it was no Fox didn't own WB at that time. No, certainly not. So no? yeah, they would have had to pay Warner Brothers to get access to that. Huh. Whatever it is, what it is. He's watching cartoons. He's watching cartoons and being a child. Being a complete child. So it's the back and forth for a few minutes, but it gets interrupted because... Well, Seth is like, you just fucking talk to her, you yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. But also, the it's interrupted because they drag Luke into the house. Yeah. Uh, Marissa and uh, Ryan, Ryan yeah. thank you, are dragging Luke's yeah. badly beaten body into the house. <laughs> yeah, Luke's got a big like, shiner. He legit kind of looks like he should have gone to a hospital. <laughs> yeah, like if he can't walk unaided, like, like shit, if, man, are you okay? Like if eight dudes are beating up your ass, <laughs> that requires medical attention. Does Kirsten pull out a first aid kit? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
I'm every sure, home yeah. should have a first aid I'm kit. I'm sure she sutures him up or whatever the fuck. Yes. And they're like, um, he's That's like. That's probably he's, why they're rich because they never go to the hospital. hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirsten just has a medical assistant license or something like okay. that. Okay. Um, new new headcanon. The reason Seth's torso is so long is because he was supposed to be twins. Uh, but like one of them, uh, like died or something and Kirsten just decided to sew them together. (laughs) That's a little, I don't know. It's fine. Mm. Anyway. Um, so they're like, please don't, they're like, please don't call my dad. Please don't call my dad. Um, what's his dad's name is like Carlton or Clark or something like that. I don't actually remember. Anyway. Um, she's like, I'm going to call, I'm going to, she whispers to Sandy. I'm going to call the dad. Um, they're like, please don't call the dad. Um, but yeah, then they're tending to his wounds, etc., etc. Yes. Mr. Ward arrives mm-hmm. on the scene. Sandy talks to him about finally being honest about who he is. Yep. And says that any kid should be proud to have him as a parent for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, because Mr. Ward was feeling super down. Oh, yeah, Mr. Ward said something like, really, the best thing that I can do for this family at this point is just disappear. Yeah. And Sandy's like, that's the absolute last thing you should do. Yeah. And he's totally right. Sandy, Sandy, yes, yeah, Sandy's totally 100% right on this one. Because Sandy has seen what happens firsthand with a bunch of different situations on this show. A lot of what happens when a parent just vanishes. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> so this is the lesson that we're learning about parenthood. Yes, indeed. The more you know. Ba-da-da. California. Yes. Um. And what does Luke, Luke who finally does arrive... Yeah, Luke is absent from this scene when Mr. Ward shows up because they're like, he's resting. Which, does he have a concussion? Does he actually need to go to he's the He's hiding house? from his he's dad. He's hiding from his dad. Yeah. Okay. The kids just wanted him to sleep over in the guest room. Yeah. And not have to go home. Yeah. But the adults are mildly more emotionally intelligent than the children in this scene. And are like, no, he should start making amends with his dad now. Right. He wants to maintain a relationship with him. Yeah. And then there's a line. uh, No, there's not specifically a line. The the music, the underlying music Mm -hmm. in this scene, I think, is what made me tear up a little bit. I got a little misty. And it's a touching scene because, because Luke is like, hey, dad, you know, yeah. I'll uh, let me just get my shoes. I'll I'll go with you. Yeah. Yeah. And what did we say to each other? We said, dad. dad! <laughs> <laughs> it should be noted that the Veronica Mars music haunts Seth this entire episode. Yes. Every single time he is on the screen, that music is playing, especially when he is at odds with the two girls. Yes. That's a good notation to make i'm proud of you yeah thank you good job they definitely used it as sort of a um a device a music like yeah like a a a framing device yes for his his arc in this episode yes so we've got one final scene between kirsten and sandy and kirsten is like you made a good dad speech i'm gonna smooch on you yeah and she's like so are we good Right, and we're going to be honest with each other from now on. But then she also says something like, "There are some, there are some secrets that you know we keep to protect each other, or something like that." Or does Sandy she say said, something along no, those lines? 
She says, first they talk about Sandy's, Sandy's porn stash on his computer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's like, do you have any other secrets that you're keeping from me? And he's like, no. And she's like, what? A, yeah, yeah. He's like. Besides the porn, but you already know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of porn do we think Sandy likes? Sandy Cohen? Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, this will be fun. They live in Orange County. Uh-huh. California. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Most common <laughs> porn searches. I don't remember which website it is, but they have... Um, it's Pornhub probably, right? Uh, yup, it sure is. They have the geographic... They always break it down geographically. Uh, what the most common ones are. Let's see what we got here. Again, this is riveting stuff for an audio medium. Okay, hang on. No, I've almost got it. I've almost got it. Here, riff, <laughs> riff without me. Geographically. I'm very bad at riffing when put best. on the spot. This is great. This is great. This is super compelling. Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is from 2021. So we're just going to say California as a whole. Sure. Right? Is that okay? Uh, here we go. <laughs> Asian. I don't think you're really addressing the core of this question. What do you think Sandy Cohen would like? Asian. That's what Californians like. Given everything that you know about Sandy Cohen as a character, you're just going to go with Asian? Okay. Okay, fine. Fine, 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 fine. Asian lesbian. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do you think, Sarah? What do you think Sandra Cohen is is wiggling his eyebrows at when no one is, or is in the house? Latkes. <laughs> sitting on that one it's waiting not at all <laughs> it was not waiting at all you want to know what wisconsin was for 2021 no i don't oh but you're wow. gonna tell me lesbian yoga all right lesbian yoga all right that's highly specific hmm. we're very fit in wisconsin <laughs> <laughs> Um, the line that Kirsten says is not about you can't ever. She said the line is actually you can't ever really know anything 100% about a person. You can't oh, know yeah. someone fully. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's anything other than like a throwaway line to close out the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because then we are back at the quad. Yes, and this is a wonderful scene. Four the, plus yep. Luke. Yep, the core four plus Luke. Who is now a nerd. Because Wait, the core... Is Summer there? No, Summer's not there. No, so it's the core four is Luke, Ryan, Marissa, and Seth. Yes. Yeah. And Luke is like... You I just can like, already see every kid is like looking at Luke or like yep. avoiding looking at Luke. Yep. Sorry, what were you going to say? I just like saying core four. Core four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fun. Um, and every, right, all the kids are looking at Luke. Yeah, his eye still looks pretty bad, and he's like, this is gonna suck. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it is. 
and the the wisdom that Marissa and Ryan have, and a little bit Seth in this scene is actually pretty helpful because he's like, maybe I should just Luke is like, maybe I should just go away for a little while and let them sort of get it out of their systems. And Ryan's like, that doesn't happen because I'm still the kid. He's like, it's I've been here for months now and I'm still the kid from Chino who burned down a house. And Marissa says, and I'm still the girl who tried to kill herself in Mexico. And Seth goes, and I'm Seth Cohen. Well, I'm Seth Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) Universally reviled by every socioeconomic class. Yes. (laughs) And that's how we end. And it's fun. Um, It's a nice little, like, the nerds running off into the sunset. Right? It really feels like maybe... Even though Ryan, for example, never like touches Luke, he is walking next to him and they yeah. all walk into the school together. Yeah. And it gives me hope that these four characters will be our primary characters going forward. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd, I'd much rather Seth die alone and sad. They're going to continue. <laughs> Adam Brody, you're fine. You're totally fine. You're also fly. Um, but, you know, the character of Seth Cohen does not deserve joy. I'm sorry, fly? Yeah, he's fly. He's a fly-looking guy. He's flying. What? He's got what? What? Why are you looking at me like that? He's fly. He's a fly honey. Is that what... Is that what you don't like that assessment on my part? <laughs> no one has said fly earnestly since Well, she's all that. Look at me. Look at me. It's in my colloquial now. <laughs> Now I'm going to use it all the time. Oh, God. All the time. On pod and off. Okay. Look forward to that. Great. Cool. <laughs> the credits roll. I have for you a listener submitted discussion question. <gasps> Who does this question come from? It comes from Mary. Hi, Mary. Thank Hi, you Mary. for a question. Mary wants to know. What do you think the love languages of these characters are? Oh, that's an incredibly good question. Mary, thanks for being the absolute best listener of this show (laughs) with no competition at all. (laughs) Literally no competition. Especially not Steve. Well, I mean, Steve's not even in the running. (laughs) Um, I saw him a few days ago and he was like, I'm really behind. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, okay. (laughs) I see who's dead to me now. Um, The love language of these characters. Okay, so if I remember, love languages are... um, Okay, it's like acts of service, um, words of praise, um, physical affection, um, shoot, what are the other ones? I don't know off the top of my head. I was interpreting this question more liberally than you. Well, I'm taking it very, very uh, concretely. All right. Uh, Love languages. If I got any of these right, I'm going to be really pleased with myself. Okay, the five love languages. This is according to Wikipedia. Donate to Wikipedia. It's fucking free. Um, Da-da-da-da-da. Summary. Okay. Words of affirmation slash compliments. Uh-huh. Uh, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Okay. So I did actually get three of them correct. Good job. Okay. Um, 
Let's start with... Um, you don't have to do the whole cast if you don't want to. Just if anybody jumps out in your mind specifically. Um, I'm going to do... Um, I'll do as many people as I can think of that I that I think we have enough information on their actual character okay. to even make you know a broad guess as to what their love language would be. Okay. Uh, love this question, Mary. Hey, listener, if you have a question that you would like us to address about uh, seminal 2003 television series, The O.C., uh, go to Twitter.com, go to Orange U1, that's just the letter U, the number one, uh, and ask us your burning questions that you would like us to answer. Um, okay, so I think, let's start with Summer. I think Summer, you would think that Summer would be receiving gifts, but I think that would be a miscategorization. I think she's much more into words of affirmation. That's a really good point because something that we didn't bring up the in one of the conversations between Summer and Anna, Summer was like, you're smart. I don't remember the exact verbiage around it, but Summer desperately wants to be told that she is smart. Yes. I think. Yes, she does. And worthy. So, yeah, I'm going to say Summer, words of affirmation. Um, I'm going to say Marissa, quality time. Marissa really likes spending time with people that are important to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say, hmm. Oh, Ryan. Ryan. Physical touch. Ryan likes smooching. He does like a smooch. I think smooching is Ryan's, Ryan's whole deal. But I think that we have to consider trust we have to factor trust into ryan's so in dealment that wouldn't be an act of service that's tough act of trust we're making one up yeah fuck yeah where does listening come in because like listening and and the affirmation that comes with being heard yeah that's his love language is that like an act of service would you say maybe yeah yeah Hmm. yeah 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 Yeah. being trusted and being able being trusted and being allowed to trust somebody yes is ryan's whole deal yeah good call good call yeah because even though we do see him do a lot of smooching it's never his first go-to thing Mm -hmm. yeah um his secondary love language is punching (laughs) yeah Physical touch. <laughs> Those are the ones that jump to mind immediately. Yeah. Do you have any anything for anyone else? I've been thinking about Sandy. Yeah, Sandy and Kirsten are tough. Because, like, you know, their relationship is so... It has so much history to it. Yeah. I think Kirsten is a TBD because we're kind of just coming into her. I've complained about her in the past as being like very one note, very like vanilla housewife lady. Yeah. I think she's on the verge of becoming more interesting. I agree. Yeah. And I think they've given her her arc a lot of potential to work with. Yeah. So let's yeah, let's 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 dissect Sandry Anthony Cohen and see what we think based on the information we have at hand, what his love language would be. 
acts of hair. <laughs> Eyebrows. Yes. <laughs> and just hair, man. His hair is so fucking good. I think... I honestly think acts of service and yeah. in the same kind of way that Ryan has. Yeah. Because he needs he needs Kirsten to be on his team. Yeah. You know? And he needs a team. Yeah. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point blank. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Because and we've talked about this in the past, he feels camaraderie with ryan because they both consider themselves sort of fish out of water yeah and so they need sort of a tribe that will protect them in this alien environment yes yeah 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 yeah. there you go mary that's what we've got for you thanks so much for that fantastic question yay (laughs) that was great that was awesome i love that i hope i hope any other human being in this fucking planet asks us a question that we can discuss about these characters and these plots i have a question Go for it. Um, cumulatively. Yeah. All of the episodes up until now. This is episode 12? Yeah. Okay. Are you team more invested in the kids or more invested in the adults? That's a really difficult distinction to make because more and more of the writers make sure that those worlds interact. Yeah. You know, they're not as separate as we would have. We would make believe they are yeah um but yeah just with regards to my interest i'm much more interested in the adults honestly (laughs) and really it's weird i wonder if when i was 23 when this came out if i would have the same answer to that because now that i'm 42 i'm much more interested in the adult side of this thing and do they know what the sec means yeah when you were first watching this what aspect of this you know were you more interested in kid world or adult world Oh, absolutely, Kid World. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was also conditioned to think that Seth Cohen was dreamy. <laughs> you poor, poor thing. Yeah. You, that was, that's tantamount to abuse, in my in, in my opinion. He did real good for himself. He did, yeah. He's fine. And again, he looks cute now. Looks really he, good. Yeah, he looked cute in that one scene when he was apologizing to the girls, and he was sort of making himself subservient to them, and he looks hot now in 2022. Yes. Um... So here, okay, this is a fun comparison. So you were more interested and engaged with Kid World uh, and their dynamic in twenty in two thousand three. Do you find yourself maintaining that position here in two thousand twenty two? I think so. I do because just because of the history of it, mm-hmm. and I'm revisiting my relationship to it and yeah. the way uh, it clearly wants me to feel versus the way I actually feel. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And you obviously have sort of an emotional history with it. Yeah. That's a great question, Sarah. If you have a question you would like to ask <laughs> us, go to twitter.tom. Twitter.tom. <laughs> Twitter.tom is orange you one. Okay. Uh, episode villain for you. Ooh, the coven. Yep, I, I'm 100% on board. Yes, all of those women at Yoga Lotties that are not Kirsten and Julie. Yep. Yes. A little bit Julie, but then she comes around. Like when Kirsten, so in Yoga Lotties scene number two, Kirsten comes in and she's sweaty and she's like, oh my God, my body is killing me. And Julie has a tiny, stupid little petty dig. She's like, well, 
guess you have to stretch better or something like that. It's like, Julie, fuck you. She's trying to fucking be your friend. Let her be your fucking friend. But yes, the coven are a million percent also my fucking villain. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else we can really say about it. Just the petting. You could do a whole essay on the pettiness of gossip and how it affects people in the real world and how it uh, echoes and does real damage. But and also just like the the gay stereotyping mm-hmm. from the ladies, whatever. Oh my god! Yes, you absolutely okay. So if my coworker uh, who is finishing their dissertation on various things, I won't out you, but. Uh, if you ever listen to this and you're ever looking for um, a media to to break down and criticize uh, in relation to larger sort of anthropological trends, yes, you could do worse than um, gossip as an organism that uh, propagates itself uh, to the detriment of... Um, the targets uh, who are being gossiped about. Yes. Anyway, you know who you are. I'll see you on Monday. Uh, <laughs> so I guess, uh, who is your hero? It's not an easy episode to have a hero. This is tempered by the fact that he's so petty at the end. <laughs> like, so petty. But I want to say Sandy. Sandy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it just because he has a good dad speech at the end? Yeah. Is it just because... Is that a is that a high enough bar to yes. be the fucking hero? Is yes. just Sandy's dad speeches? Yep. It's such an easy out. It's such a lazy... I don't care. Yeah. He's such a petty child, though, you know? Uh, hey, would you ask your mother who that was at the door? Hey, would you ask your mother what she wanted? Fuck you, Sandy. <laughs> F- I know your feelings were hurt, but you're a goddamn adult. They get over it, though. They get past that in, like, 3.5 seconds. They do. They get over it eventually. It's, But it is resolved by episode end. And I am a sucker for a good dad speech. And I yeah. am a sucker for Sandy Cohen in general. Fucking, it, he shouldn't. Okay, so going forward, let's just make sure that we're not just giving it to Sandy every time he has a good dad speech. Because he doesn't, he shouldn't deserve hero of the episode every time he gives a good dad speech. Listen. Just by dint of the fact that he gave a good dad speech. My previous therapists and daddy issues would beg to... Would like to go bowling with your previous and current therapist and daddy issues. Because I get to have... My daddy issues went to bowling class in college, so I will warn you. (laughs) This is not about who bowls better. Bowling is a metaphor. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Know this. Yeah, yeah. My hero is also Sandy. We're we're on the same page with both hero and villain villain in this episode. Yes, we cannot accurately compile the uh, homophobia count, the gay count, because it is off the entire charts in this episode. The whole fucking chart. This episode is real bad. Yeah. Rosa has not come back from Thanksgiving. Caitlin is also nowhere to be seen. Caitlin is nowhere to be seen. Uh, if we were trying to quantify the number of just 
wacky outfits <laughs> Anna has worn. I'm going to say... So she did, well, okay, she wore at least one outfit in the Cotillion episode that made me go, what is this girl wearing? Yeah. I'm going to do a rough estimate that we're probably at about a five yep. for weird outfits that Anna has worn. Yep. Yeah. And she has had, to my to my recollection, at least two fuzzy Kangol hats of different colors now that she has worn at a jaunty angle. That'll be a fun one to keep track of. It's all about the jaunty angle, baby. The whatever the fuck is she wearing now corner with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> so since last episode was Thanksgiving and this episode was nothing, my guess is and my excitement is next episode will probably be a holiday episode and I'm very excited for that and I'm also excited because completely by accident we have managed to produce this series perfectly in line seasonally with all of the events of the show because it is as of recording December 10th this episode will come out tomorrow on December 11th a Sunday um so I'm pretty sure that, yeah, we'll be right around the Hanukkah and Christmas season by the time we watch the next episode. Oh, baby. I'm very excited about it. I continue to be weirdly excited about continuing this project with you. <laughs> Despite Seth Cohen. Despite Seth Cohen. Despite Seth Cohen. Well, now we know that he ages gracefully into a little <laughs> butterfly with a normally proportioned torso. <laughs> right. I'm pleased to know that everything turns out okay for Adam Brody. Yep. <laughs> he's still working. He becomes super hot and he's able to leave the shackles and ghost of uh, one Seth Cohen in his youth. And he's married to Leeton Meester in real life. Who's Leeton Meester? Gossip girl. I, that means nothing to me. We'll talk about it off pod. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. California heaven? Yoga Lotties, Sarah. <laughs> you just listened to orange you glad we watched the oc recorded in guest bedroom studios hosted by sarah and evan original concept and questions by sarah recorded by evan edited by evan uploaded by sarah Please give us as many stars as the platform you're listening to this on will allow you to give us. Copyright 2022.